Welcome to Alas Football Podcast. This is episode one of the new season. We are ready to kick off the 2022-23 season of Greek football. And I'm today your host, Michael. I'll be taking over George once again. He's got errands to run around, but the show must go on nonetheless. I'm here today joined, firstly, by Greg. How are you, mate? Hey, Michael. Very good. Good to be um, talking Greek football again and getting the, that excitement happening for the new season, as it always happens. But uh, it's, been a, it's been an interesting start. Yeah, and we've heard some news overnight for us boys in Australia, some promising news. What, that's one step closer to sanity, and we'll get into that a little bit later on. And our second, second person to introduce to the podcast is none other than Apple from Chicago. How you doing? Hey, what's up? How's it going, guys? How you doing, mate? It's good that your club's back in Europe, but we will talk about them soon. Yeah, people are complaining like we already lost already, but let's wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we already know who you're going to come up against, so it's not that team from Gibraltar, that's for sure. No, no, definitely not. No, but we'll get into that later. And finally, the man from LA, the Colopedo, Andoni. How are you doing? <laughs> Good, man. I can't believe I, I'm back, man. And it's just crazy that the season's already started up again, and like you were saying, my club's in Europe again for the first time in a while. So it's and nice to it. be on here and talk to you guys. And that's it. Yeah, it's been five long years for you two boys. But unfortunately for Greg, he has to he has to sit out for a year. I don't think he wants any more nightmares in Europe. That's for sure. Is that right, Greg? <laughs> Mate, I am happy to sit it out. This is pretty crazy for me to be saying that, but... Um... We're going to see what's happening with our transfers and what our new team does because uh, last year was just dreadful to watch. Yeah. I have to say it as a neutral. And I, Greece can't I, afford I, to have teams go out of Europe cheaply right now. Yeah, absolutely. And given that we are in a pretty good position for the coefficients, we'll get into later. So let's first start off. So today's agenda for the podcast, first episode of the season. We will get into the three European matches played by Olympiakos, Balk and Ardi. So first off, we'll have to kick off with the one-all draw Olympiakos played out with Israeli side Maccabi Haifa. That finished one-all in Israel, the first leg. So Olympiakos were 1-0 ahead for the majority of the game. And just that right at the death, the Israelis gave them a punch in the face with a goal. To make it one-one, so make will be make making an interesting second leg in Karaiskaki, That is for sure. But and the general consensus was because unfortunately I didn't, I wasn't able to catch the match. But just going off by the highlights that I managed to catch, the general consensus from Olympiacos fans prior prior to watching me the highlights was not up to standards the performance given all these signings that the club have made. They weren't at their best, and it seems like it's the same old story has carried over into the new season. So no matter what Olympiacos doing pre-season, it is the same old story. And it's fair to say it was a very disappointing performance for Olympiacos against Maccabi. I, I thought I expected better. Means a neutral. I thought I 
I think everyone did. Um, yeah. Maybe it's I, just. Early Michael, you mentioned the transfers they've done. Have they actually? Have they actually? Is there, have I missed something? Have they made actually any great transfers of any note? Well, they've signed two good right-backs. For Schalke yeah. and Gonzalo Avila. Yeah, uh, and he's I'm, made a difference. Yeah. yeah. So those those are two good right-backs that they have. But yeah. uh, that, that German winger, I think he's German, or Austrian, Zinker Nagel from Watford. He's the one that scored that lone goal for Olympiacos, and it seems promising. He's the only one that can probably lift up Olympiacos this season. But everything else seems like pretty much the same. Yeah, it's it's so early yeah. in the season, but but yeah. man, that was bad. Like, like it seemed like they barely had a chance to begin with. They they scored the first goal, and it's like they just sat back and were content with it. And they paid for it like in the weirdest way too. It was just like a weird cross that just happened to float in. It was, but but if. Really, judging by the game, Maccabi Haifa would probably probably feel like they should have won that. I mean, I don't know. Look at Coast. We're about as poor as you could be. I mean, two offside goals that didn't count. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. it's just it's pretty surprising that they were that poor. I mean, you knew they were playing in Europe. You'd figure they'd have more, more incentive to, like, go after it a little bit. But I guess they're just – Hoping when they go back to Karaskaki that they're going to win easily, but it's always risky when you when you play that way. So I, I hope they win. I mean, and we could use the coefficient points, but that was really poor. And it's funny because you can't really blame Buhalakis because he barely came on because <laughs> they always <laughs> like to blame one of the Greek players for for playing poorly. But their midfield was awful. Like and Vila was all over the place. You know, and, they weren't uh, tracking the runners. That's how they gave up the goal yeah. from midfield. One of the guys just came in and scored easily. I mean, not, not yeah. necessarily that way, but they just left them alone. So. so the question is, will they turn it around? Will they able to win this tie? Because if they do win this tie, Olympiacos, they'll be coming up against Apollo Limassol, which will be kind of an easy opponent, but they're, they're the champions of Cyprus. So don't even underestimate them. So you never know. I, w- oh, yeah. I will say that I was, although I'm not a fan of Masuros at all, his run is what kind of helped create the goal at least. So he did something. Yeah, <laughs> he's a pretty frustrating okay. player for me, uh, like for the Greek national team. But at least his runs do seem to pay off sometimes because he left a space for the for the other guy to score. So yeah, that was something yeah. at least. But what what do we think will happen in the second leg? We know, given that Maccabi looks like they're no pushovers, and they did yeah. quite well in the league last season for their respective for their respective um competition. One of the centre backs, Bogdan Planic, tough guy to get through for Olympiakos. He's been recently linked with Ajax, but it seems like that deals off at the moment. It seems like a big big brute at the back. It's like. Not no attacker could get through him, so he handled he handled himself pretty well. I, I think I yeah. think if they if they had lost a game, I think it would have been an uphill battle. I, I wouldn't see him being able to. I honestly think Maccabi Haifa would probably win, but but since it's at home yeah. and it's it's tied one one, I, I think Olympiakos should pull it out one way or another. Even though they've been honestly they've been playing poor for months, it's not like this is nothing new. And that's probably I'm sure the Olympiakos fans aren't too happy about it, but. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's about yeah, they were really poor in the playoffs. They were poor the last few months before the playoffs. It's they've kind of been on a downhill a little bit for some reason. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like we we saw them kind of finish off the season pretty rough in a rough shape. And after yesterday's result, I mean, I saw a lot of the Olympiacos fans kind of complaining, but I thought it was just the usual, you know, overreaction. Um, but honestly, I think it can swing 50-50 if Olympiacos comes out playing like how they did in the, the first leg. I can see Maccabi playing and getting the win in Cariascaki, especially if they were, you know, they were playing like they wanted it more. Olympiacos, I mean, we didn't really see them play, build up, go forward. It was all Maccabi the whole time. So if Olympiacos can kind of get the ball moving forward, I can see them winning it. But, I mean, if they play lackadaisical and kind of, Below par, I Maccabi, I think, which is kind of disappointing from a neutral standpoint. Um, I had picked Olympiacos to win this one, um, but yeah, overall, just a little disappointing. That's that's my take, and hopefully, they can turn it around for the Greek coefficient next. Yeah, I, I hope Olympiacos um, win the next game as well. But as we as we've pointed out, given the Prior heading to this match, even the, where the new in, we're into the new season, it's, it seems like it's the same old story with Olympiacos that they've been playing poorly in the playoffs and they've not been playing their, playing their best football. But I want to ask Greg, given all this for Olympiacos, do you think they'll win the second leg tie and progress to the next qualifying round of the Champions League? Yeah, I think they're going to sneak through. I mean, I think they'll get better with um, Apollon. Um, but uh, they're going to have to work on their overall gameplay because uh, it's not often you see Olympic Olympiacos team that can't uh, play nice open football. They can't create too well. So um, they'll probably, you know, it's, it's a pretty big game. It's going to mean a lot for their season. And if they can get the win, I think they probably might even be looking at an extra transfer or two to come in and um, make a bit of a difference. I'd say they're probably regretting what they've done with Fortunis as well. Even, I know he had his injury, but um, that's something that's probably hurt him, if anything. Um, he hasn't been, you know, there hasn't been any rumours yet about where he's moving or what's happening with him. So he might even, maybe that, that's an area, a, a space to watch and see what happens there. So that's an interesting case with Fortunis, yeah. Um, there was a link some time ago, him being linked with Ike, and I was just laughing. And I saw the report from Sport 24, 94.6. Sport FM, sorry, 94.6. I see the report and the I correspondent, Zakiris, comes out and says there's literally nothing in it. Like, this is just bullcrap, he basically said. So, yeah. personally, I think Fortunis will go to Germany, given that's he's played there before with Fortunis Dusseldorf. So he's got that Bundesliga experience already. Maybe in a team like Schalke, they've already been promoted, so you never know. Maybe. We'll see. We will see. Maybe he'll stick around at Olympiacos. Who even knows at this point? Very big question yeah. mark on his future. And when once I heard he was out of the out of the plans out of Martin's plans, that, that came to me as a shock and I thought You're gonna need him because Valbuena's thirty seven, Agibo Gamara is twenty. He's not really an attacking midfield, he's more of a winger. Not really good in his passing. Andoni, you've got something to say. Yeah, I just, you know, now that you mentioned that, what are the chances, let's say, that Olympiacos uh, get knocked out in the, the second round? 
what are the chances that the hot seat is, is going to start to kind of boil under Martins and perhaps he might be let go? I mean, I know he signed an extension, but you think Fortunis might be better off kind of waiting it out and seeing if there's a, a change of coach and the new coach may want him in? I'm just a speculation. I don't know. And that's up to the next coach. Well, given his previous injury history with all these ACLs, it's, up, yeah, it's on true. to the next coach, yeah. But I, I don't really think it's got to do with his knee injuries, why he's excluded. Mm-hmm. I think it's more deeper than that. Well, I'm not an Olympiacos fan, but I just think that there's something more to it than just recovering from two knee injuries and then that's it, he's out of the squad. Yeah, I think it's got to be his positional thing because he, he's he's comfortable playing as a number 10, but he doesn't want to play as a winger and he doesn't want to play deeper in midfield. And Martins doesn't really like to play that type of player. He never plays a number 10, if I remember right. No, he doesn't. He likes to have two midfielders and two wingers two, and a striker. And two, holding two holding midfielders. Two holding midfielders. Exactly, that's what I mean, yeah. So yeah. he just doesn't kind of fit in that system. But you have to like really wonder if Greg was spot on because, you know, as, as much difficulty as they have to create, you figure he would have had even uh, 10 minutes, he might have done something. I mean, it was really surprising that they completely just not, not aren't using him. I mean, figure, especially Olympiacos might think they could sell him at least or something if he could play a good 10, 15 minutes. But yeah. who knows? We don't know what's going on. But I don't think he's coming back to Olympiacos. And he's yeah. not going to Nottingham Forest either, because <laughs> I don't think he, he's that's on good terms. Well, they just, well, they just signed Jesse Lingard, so that's that's out of the that's not on the cards anymore for Fortunis. Yeah. yeah. So that's it about Olympiacos. They had a one-all draw with Maccabi Haifa. We wish him all the best in the second leg. We hope for a win, but out of that draw, they Olympiacos um, gave. 125 points for the draw uh, towards our co- coefficient points. And there's there's uh, no away goals anymore, right? No more away goals. Nope. No more. So I'm going to head into the Conference League qualifiers. So first off, Balk. And everyone expected a win. It was It's pretty much a new squad, new faces, some, you know, a few old faces here and there. But it's a new squad. They come up against Levski Sofia of Bulgaria. And it's a, they played the first leg away in Sofia. And boy, um, I watched this game, the first half, and that was about it. I did not want to watch anymore. So Park went down 2-0 to Levski Sofia. So Levski Sofia pretty much scored the first goal... 40 seconds in, defending was all over the shop. Kortarski, the new goalkeeper who replaces Paskalakis, came out unnecessarily. There was no need to whatsoever. And it was an easy lob over the... Easy lob for the Levski striker to lob it over Kortarski. And from there, Bach just playing catch-up. And around the 20, 20th minute mark, so the Levski stole the ball off Zivkovic and went on the counter from the other end of the pitch to Park's end of the pitch. Great attack, great counter-attacking move to finish it for 2-0, which I... Defending was all over the shop again, and Kortaski, I think, should have done better either. 
So it's just pretty much all, all over the shop. Bark had no answers at all in this game. Decision making was just abysmal. They looked very uncoordinated. I get it that they're into the new season. We're into the new season right now. But that is probably one of the most horrible displays I've seen for a Greek team for quite a long time. Even just by watching 45 minutes of it. I don't want to watch anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 still can't, I still can't believe they played as bad as they did. I mean, Luchescu, yeah. you know, I almost feel like he feels like he's like the Romanian Mourinho or something. And, and like, you'd think at least defensively he'd have him set up, but that was horrible. I mean, Kuchis, I was actually excited, was starting. But, I mean, it wouldn't matter who started as striker. They couldn't create anything. They were just – it was bad. I mean, I don't know. Car Carlos never played in Europe before, and they had him starting. And you could tell that, that, that header, yeah, he probably should have done better. But, to, but, like, you could tell he was inexperienced. And I think on a lot of occasions he just looked – like he was out of his, out of his, out of his depth, yeah. out yeah. of his depth. Exactly. It was really disappointing. And, and Zinkovic doesn't look like he's match fit. There's just so many problems with that team. You you would think yeah. they would, would have been at least a little more prepared, but it was really disappointing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know what to say. Yeah. I couldn't I mean, watch any more of it. Yeah. They, I mean, honestly, I had Paul pegged as the, as the favorite for this one too. And just watching the game. I mean, I, I, caught it like five minutes in and they're already down one nil and I, I couldn't believe it but I was you know uh, so they were down one zero uh, very very simple stupid goal really to give up uh, but Levski Sofia the whole game I mean it just looked like they wanted it more Falk looked super one-dimensional Falk um, was like a step slower uh, the Sofia players were almost always able to win the one-on-one -on -one challenges you know beat their back line um, and I think it was Vander Kopp, their their center back. I mean, he pretty much nullified all of Falk's um, offensive threats. Yeah. And like Apple was saying, you know, Kutsev uh, was starting, but he had there was no, no service. service right? No service, yeah. nothing whatsoever. Like, yeah, we saw yeah, some ball-ins, but could have yeah. been much better. It, it there was, was like, other decision-making to do. Yeah, I mean, we could have had Makeda out there, and it wouldn't have made a difference. I mean, no. it's... Uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things where there was just no service. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I honestly was surprised that Falk only lost 2-0. I mean, the second half started and, and immediately Sofia had a chance to score. Uh, that Ronaldo guy and then I think, who was the other guy? Wellington or something? Welton, yeah. Uh, Welton. Welton, yes. He was, those two were just connecting and Falk had no answers. I, I don't know. I, I'm hoping fingers crossed that they can get it in the second half or in the second leg but i don't know guys i uh, yeah i don't know i i like you said michael i mean i think you hit the nail on the head that was the easily the disappointment in in a long time the biggest disappointment in a long time yeah greg you got thoughts on this because yeah uh, it's typical bulk starting off really slowly so um uh it's kind of keen to see what they're doing to saloniki because um it was a dreadful display. <laughs> I found it kind of funny that um, you know, a lot of Bulk fans wanted Pascal Lackey's gone and then that's how the European season started off. <laughs> that was quite yeah. ironic. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, very keen to see what they can do in Tumba. Yeah. Now that you brought up Pascal Lackey's, you see those two goals that Bulk have conceded. I put my hand up and say Pascal Lackey's would have saved them. Oh, yeah. Absolutely would have saved yeah. them. I said this to... 
Allen after the match, mate, Baskalakis would have saved them. And he what, even, what is yeah. Sorry? What is with Greek teams always wanting to, I mean, Greek fans wanting so badly to blame the Greek players? I mean, it was Pasalakis' fault. It was Mandalos' fault that I were, you know, garbage. It was Buhalakis' fault at the end of the year, and now he's not even playing, and they don't know who to blame. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it was... it's a weird phenomenon, man. I, I can only really talk from an AIC fan because of what I experienced day in, day out with AIC. And um, what the, the stuff Mandalos copped, half the time I'm just like, why, how, why? I just don't get it. Some, uh, it's just it's a weird phenomenon. I, I've always sort of said they have this, the, the caliber of player they rate in Greece especially is uh, a very direct, and I can't talk from a goalkeeper perspective, but on the field, especially from a taking perspective, they're really like the, the Bacchusetas type, the, the big strong player that's very direct, where, where the more yeah. technical guys that have got a bit more um, technique and skill, for some reason, are really targeted, just like Kukatidis was back in the day. Um, Mandalos has copped it so much, so uh, it's it's just something I don't know. We need to get one of the someone from Greece in to maybe answer that question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, Maqueda at Panathinaikos is like the worst. You know, Antonio's favorite player. It's probably like the worst <laughs> player I've seen at Panathinaikos like ever. And somehow people would praise. You know, the reporters, everybody would praise him and be like, "Oh, yeah. he, he had a good game. He scored a penalty." You know, and and yeah. he would just. He wouldn't hear anything, and it would just be the most insane thing I've, I've ever seen, ever. And you know, I followed yeah. Greek football for a long time, but this this whole thing about just blaming the Greek players and everyone else gets a pass. I mean, Zinkovic was absolutely atrocious in that game, but you don't hear a word about how he he basically was like still you know on vacation or whatever he was doing. I mean, it's really crazy sometimes. Yeah. Well, given given it's still summer there, so they're probably still on holidays. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you just, you just never elsewhere. know. Yeah, you just never know. I mean, Bark have like pretty much a new squad, so you never know with all these young players that they've signed. So they probably have their heads on alcohol. So you never know. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, that's true. Summer still. Yeah, so like players such he, as Thiago Dantas, like he's he's the most promising one out of all the signings that they have. And that, I know. that Nicholas Quagliata. I don't know what position he is. Is he an attacking midfielder? Is he a winger? They pa- Park have paid one point eight million for him from Monte Vadeo, uh, coming straight from Uruguay. And this, I know I see this guy playing. He's just running straight to his opponent with the ball. Easily yeah. loses it. Anytime he had the ball, he's still running, running, yeah. running. And he's and it's just a trance for five seconds. He's in a deep trance. Pass the damn ball. Yeah. I'm yelling at this guy. Pass the damn ball. Every time he had the ball, he lost it. You pay 1.8 million for that. I know it's the first game, but seriously, step up your game. Yeah, some of some of it was bad luck. Some of it was just bad management. Because, I mean, Chigaris, what was wrong with him? Was he injured? No, no. no. I'm he, not he wasn't in the lineup. I know Lee Rogers and Mihai Lilis were injured. I know Viarina was somehow still in the team. He shouldn't even be in the team anymore. He got hurt in the warm up. He got before the game even started, but yeah. he wouldn't have made a difference. He's too old by now. I mean, it's just really baffling, like, the decisions they're making to to set up the team for the new season. I mean, does anyone think they have a chance for the title? I don't think they have any chance of winning the title. No. I mean, I don't, I don't know what Pauk are doing these days, to be honest. No. And to be honest, no. i gotta, I got to be honest with you guys. They, they sold Antonio Cholak. I think that's the wrong decision. They should really? have kept. They should have kept him. He, he was not. He's not really given a chance at Park. 
No, he he had a lot of chances. He didn't score the whole year, and I, I and I, I I definitely think he should have been played ahead of Akpom. But whenever he did play, he he just he was pretty poor too. I I, I can understand him leaving, but they still make a lot. You know of what? The 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 guy they got Nari from from Germany. That guy, uh, I think that was actually a pretty solid signing because as soon as he came on, they fed him a ball, and he had a decent touch on it, but I think he went a little bit wide. He was able to get into some dangerous positions, but uh, I mean, the the rest of the squad just isn't up to up to par, like you guys are saying. Like I, I can't see this ball being competing, and I know it's just the first game in Europe, but overall, the quality of players that they signed with the money that they gave that was a poor showing. Um, especially this, it's early, I know, but this important of a game because they're they're if they're eliminated. If they lose the second leg, there that's it, right? They're they're completely out of yeah, Europe. Gone, right? gone. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the stakes are high, and that was not the that's not the type of thing you want to see, especially as a neutral Greek fan in that you know circumstance. That was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And we hope for Park's sake that this is just early season syndrome, and we hope. I just hope the team gels. Like it's a lot of new faces in there. But uh, well, like like one of you guys pointed out, um, Khaled Nare. The winger they got from Fortuna Dusseldorf, they paid one and a half million for him. Eight goals and 15 assists last season speaks a lot. So I think this guy will help out Balk quite a lot. And, he can, and this guy has the ability to play right back as well. So so if anything goes wrong at right back, he's, he can step in. Yeah, don't don't count out Kuchis. That, that kid's really good. I mean, if he gets any service, he could dribble past people. He could score. It doesn't matter who he's playing against. The kid's yeah. a huge talent. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't try to scapegoat him. Ironically, uh, Luchesco actually took the blame and was blaming Kortich for part of it. He was saying he's not really, like, a part of the team this year, and he's kind of like his own – it seems like he's trying to get out of there or something, which yeah. makes it even a more odd situation. Yeah. So, I, mm. you know, they, I think they have a lot of issues going on at Pauk right now. But yeah. hopefully, I hope they go through. I mean, we, we could use... What about Bissesua? Was Bissesua used at all? I didn't see no. him. Yeah, no. right. No, no. I think he, he, was, he was supposed to resign and something happened and he's not yeah. even in the team now. So I don't know what's going no. on with him either. And you know, that's and, he's one Luchescu's favorites. He would have played for sure. If he was still and Lazarus Lambros too, with him as well. He was nice on the EP though. No, Luchescu doesn't write him. Luchesco right. doesn't rate him at all. Nah. Ever since he signed with Bark Lambro, never given been he's never been given a run at all by Luchesco. The only per, the only coach that gave him a chance was um oh, surprisingly Abel Ferreira. And then this this then continued on with Garcia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so even even Kuchas only played because he had no other options. Oliveira yeah. got hurt, Cholak got sold. Yeah. I mean he wouldn't have played him either, probably. Yeah. 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 Like, we just hope Balk turn it around in the second leg. Hopefully. Yeah, like, fingers crossed. Yeah, this is 80. This is 20 to 80 stuff. So, given that there's no away goals, we just hope 2 0 or 3 0 win from Balk. Let's hope for a strong performance at Dumba and they progress. I could just picture Michael Carson. Okay, so now we move on to third and final match played by a Greek team in, the Euro- in European competition. In the conference second round qualifying, that's by Aris. Came up against FC Gomel of Belarus. Aris came out on top, 5-1. And what a match that was. I thoroughly enjoyed it. 
Well, Addis um, uh, went down 1-0 in the 10th minute by a header from uh, Afi. A deflected header that wrong-footed Cuesta. But Addis quickly responded uh, to make it 1-0 through Andre Gray penalty. The penalty was rather questionable. I thought Luis Palma milked it. But it was given nonetheless. And from there, it was just rampage from Addis. And the goals came just were flowing in, they were flying in. A third base free kick. What can go wrong? That was beautiful. Coming off the crossbar once once again. And uh, Camacho making it 3-0. He's on loan from Sporting Lisbon. A former Liverpool youngster as well, so I thoroughly remember him too. Um, so they head into the break 3-1. And Aris continued scoring those goals. Luis Palma with the fourth Another spectacular free kick. And Andre Gray bagged his brace, sliding the ball home into an empty net. A blunder from the keeper, passing it straight to Luis Palma and squared it for the Jamaican striker. So 5-1 winners, Artis. They give us 250 points towards our coefficient. Um, this was the match that I watched from start to finish. And I cannot, I cannot say how... That was the one of the most entertaining matches I've seen. The crowd was, was crowd. Was, the atmosphere of the crowd was just fantastic. It was great to see um, artist fans um, at the stadium. You know, given this COVID and we saw no fans for them last time out, it is great to see a huge turnout at Glantis um, Vigilivis and help and support the team of artists. But one one thing that did bother me is no Greek in the lineup, and I think that's a bit of I think that's um, I think that's a bit of um, a thing with artists. They all have these foreigners every season. You'll barely see a Greek, so that's something that they. That's a trend that's still going on with the club. It is a problem, of course, and and they have they have produced some few Greek players the past decade, but where have they gone since then? And that's my question. But we'll talk about the game. Um, Greg, did you catch on with this one? Watched a bit of it, but the first thing I have to say was um, once the game finished, like it was so good to see a Greek team, even at this stage, win 5-1. I feel like, especially for, um, I don't know, maybe some of the other supporters can connect, but it used to be so normal to see a Greek team have these early round wins uh, once upon a time. And then all of a sudden, I think maybe in the last, maybe last five, seven years, um, every game became really hard. So to see a Greek team come away 5-1 winners was... Um, a nice feeling for a change. It, it is a bit of a shame that there's no Greeks from the artist team. I think they had a Greek player play seven minutes for the whole match, but um, they played good football. Uh, it's pretty exciting to see Ardis, um in this form with the players they're signing and what this could mean for the season ahead. It was also great to see all the, not only for this game, but I thought even in the Olympiak West in the bowl game, to see the the fans, uh, the amount of people at the stadiums, I think um, uh, you can see how starved of some European football some clubs have been and just to get that that feel for it so that was also exciting but you know Addis <clears throat> is an exciting team to watch and um, uh, they, 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 everything uh, went quite well for them Andy, Andy Gray uh, has hit them has come to them in quite some form Camacho um, showed his value uh, Iturbe and Palmer both um, again something to watch out for this season and the free kick the the, the especially Iturbe's um, goal that was something special, I thought. Um, uh, and they've still got um, 
uh, Gravinio to uh, to come in there as well. Gravinio, so and they're, yeah. they're still looking at more signings as well. So um, I'm pretty pumped to see what happens in the coming Super League, given what we've seen early on. Oh yeah, absolutely. Apple, what what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'll be honest. Because they don't play any Greek players, it's hard for me to to care for them at all, and especially because the last two years they've they've you know lost in the first round both times. So as soon as they were down one zero, I said forget it, and I just didn't even bother following it or paying any attention. But but I, I have to say, like to win five one, and if you have players like Uturbe and and Gray, I mean Uturbe was at Roma just like four or five years ago. I mean he was he was looked at as a huge talent, and somehow Ari's got him. And they're doing good. I know Gervinho because, uh, you know, watching Arsenal, I mean, he, he could create. He, he'll miss a lot of chances, but he can't create, like, problems and start, you know, start start stuff for him. So. Big big name big, signing. Big, big name signing. But my, I've got a big question mark on him. So, and I'll... Oh, definitely. But, but it seems like, you know, if they could make it in a Europe, they should be okay. If they don't, I mean, they could be... In, big financial trouble all over again. I mean, so you just, you hope they go through because you, you know, I, I want the Greek teams as many as possible to get into Europe. Yeah. Even if they don't have any Greek players, they have one, one central defender that's a youngster that's a good player, but that's, that's it. I mean, they don't even have any Greek players worth yeah. mentioning, which is kind of unfortunate, but, but I was happy to see him win 5-1, definitely. Yeah. Andoni, what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, I just have to say it was a nice redemption after last year's early exit. I mean, I don't want to, you know, already prematurely let them or, you know, crown them that they gone through, but I, I think it's pretty much uh, done and dusted. Uh, it was, it was nice to see the five one, but like, uh, like you guys were saying, the one disappointment was that there were no Greek players in the 11. And I was actually laughing when the commentator was calling them the Greek team or the Greeks have the ball, the Greeks have possession. And it was, um, it was an 11 of foreigners, um, man. I mean, Iturbe obviously is good, like like Apo was saying, he was at Roma a few years ago. Uh, but Palma was very, um, very interesting. He caught my eye, like he was playing really good. Um, and I think Adis even like uh, refused an offer today, like they, re- they received an offer from some team abroad. Um, so from the MLS, like, uh, he's pretty good. Yeah, from, the MLS. from the MLS, that's what it was. Yeah, so yeah, they they refused an offer from there. He was good. Uh, Gray two goals on his debut. Uh, they're still gonna add Javinho. Uh, Aris is looking scary. It's just I wish they they had at least one or two Greeks. Maybe even just have the goalkeeper Greek. Um, that would be nice. Shabanis. That's it. Yeah. So yeah. So just something like that. But I mean, overall, I'm very very happy, and it's cool because, like I said last year, they they were kind of the disappointment, uh, and so far the first round they were the kind of the saviors for us because they brought us those points with that big yeah. win. So. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. They practically qualified for the third qualifying round of the conference league, right? The yeah. second leg yeah. won't be in Belarus. It's Vikalidis. Okay, yeah, it will be Atlantis Vikalidis. Because of the political tension that's going on in Belarus. And the second leg will be played in Thessaloniki, so with no fans. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Oh, you're yeah. kidding. Right, no yeah. fans. Well, that's a bit with, of a shame. With no fans. So oh, well, artists, artists, artists are playing as the away side and Gomel as oh. the home side. So I think that is what I read prior heading to the, watching this game. Um, I think that's the case. Yeah. And um, look, we know that they've, they're going to go through. But then their next opponent in the 
third qualifying round uh, will be Maccabi Tel Aviv. Oh, so that's a really, really tough con- contest for artists. Yeah. But if they play the same football against Gumbel, I think they'll perhaps progress to the playoffs. Aris has mm-hmm. um, has a history, and they've they've been able to um, pass what looks like a tough opponent. So fingers crossed, um, and they, they'll hopefully even get even better with game in game out. So um, let's see what happens going forward with them in that in the European stance. Yeah, well, given that um, they're going to bring in a new uh, Zecari from Spain, Manu Garcia. So they've they've splashed the cash on him, three million euros, I believe, on. The 24-year-old Spanish midfielder, former Manchester City youngster, only played, I think, 10 oh. minutes for them. So, and then he got, then he had a few line spells here and there. But he's, he's pretty much an an established member of the Sporting Gijon side, um, um, over there, and they're playing the second division of, of all competitions. And uh, he also has one cap with Spain, and this was the time when Spain's squad. Nearly two thirds of Spain's squad had COVID, and he was called up for a game with Spain, and he had his debut with them. Um, so at least he's got that international experience with them, and he's he was regarded as an exciting young prospect. And for Aris to splash the three million on him, um, we'll see how it goes in Greece. I mean, a lot he's going to have a lot of expectations on him. So given that there's a Latin core in the team I think you'll have no problem at all fitting into mm-hmm. Aris yeah and, and it has to be said like Burgos has done a great job with them because they even beat out Ike you know one of those uh, Mingueta European spots, so I mean they, yeah. they've been they've been impressive since he's gotten there so if you ever want to challenge a club for a transfer Ike is the perfect club to try to challenge Melisan <laughs> 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 Yeah, well, at least you guys have your new stadium, Greg. I mean, that was, that's it's yeah, been looking true. pretty nice. Yeah, we're excited. It looks pretty nice. I can't wait for that. Yeah, I think it, everyone's waiting for it. I mean, they had the eagle flying out of there for the, for the first time, so it was just yeah, a they, couple of days uh, ago. Yeah. Yeah, they and, were they were testing the speakers and they had a uh, Casadzidis playing. Yeah, that's uh, it. You know, a song on the speaker, and people were complaining about the song that they picked. Oh my so, god! Ike fans always have something to complain about. Oh, don't they know the hip- that makes perfect sense to play his music? It's like, what's wrong with them? They always have something. Classic Greeks, it's crazy. Yeah. So, Aris five-one winners over Gamel. We're happy for that win, as all Greeks are. Um, yeah, we just hope another win in the second leg, so that will go towards our coefficient ranking. So, given all these results by Olympiakos, Balk, and Aris. So Aris got the one win for us. Olympiakos, Olympiakos got a draw. So that's a total of 375 points out of uh, out of a possible, I think, a thousand that we can get for Greek teams. So if all Greek, all four Greek teams of ours win, we get a thousand points towards our coefficient. So 370 points, I'd say it is a fairly good start, but I I think it was a bit. I think I expected a little bit more, especially from Park and um, Olympiakos. So I think this is just the start. Let's hope for better results next week from um, Park and Olympiakos. Let's hope for two wins there. And hopefully also those two can progress to the next round and help 
um, our conf boost our coefficient points because once those two are in plus artists we will have four teams to watch including Panathinaikos which we heard the draw who they're going to come up against in the third qualifying round and that will be Slavia Prague and Andoni once you heard that draw you said that's it that's done that's Europe over yeah yeah I uh I mean, I, I, you know, I'm still holding out hope, eh, but it's, it's, it was one of those things where, yes, we're back, you know, five years, we haven't been in Europe, Slavia Prague, one of the, one of the better sides of the conference league last year. Uh, one thing that is kind of giving me some hope is that their, their best players linked with the move away, um, if it means anything, but I mean, we haven't made any signings in, on the striker front. Uh, we lost Makeda. Uh, we only have Carlitos as the striker and um, Cabezis and Ioannidis. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm going to back my side, but I'm, I'm a little worried. I'll be honest. I trust Jovanovic, but I am a little bit worried going into this. Well, here's the bright side. At least you have, um, you know, upgraded your defense with Magnussen. That's a huge Man, upgrade yeah. on Velez. Huge. And partnering up with Skenkevelt, who was a solid enough defender. I think your defense at the moment is set. You just need to find a midfielder, especially a playmaker. You need a Degari mm -hmm. and a striker. I think that is all you need. I'm, and your yeah, squad is because, set. Yeah. I'm actually on a different... I actually like... Uh, I might be one of the few Panathinaikos fans that's not complaining about the signings and actually just has a lot of faith in Jovanovic. I think people forget that with that boil, he barely had anybody and he, he got him all the way to the Champions League and was were beating good teams and everything. And, and he showed even winning the Greek Cup and all, you know, I think they've given up in, in the playoffs. They gave up one or two goals. One might have been a penalty. And then in, in, in the friendlies, they haven't even given up a goal yet. And, and that's, you know, I know they, we, we struggle scoring goals and, and uh, you know, Anidis isn't exactly the, the answer at striker, but he's still a useful player. And Cabeche is actually being used more as a winger right now because there's no other options other than Naitor and, and uh, Palacios right now. But actually, I think, I think Panathinaik also surprised people. I think, you know, people are underestimating him. And I think even if we made new signings, I don't think they would have played a lot anyways. I think they would have been subs anyways or something because they would have came less last minute. But I actually have a good feeling. And we actually, it doesn't mean anything anymore because it's been so long since Panathinaikos have been in Europe. But they actually usually do pretty well against the Czech teams. I think every time they've had Czech opposition and qualifying, they've gone through just about the last yeah. like 20, 30 years or however much it is. So yeah. it might not mean much, but I actually have more faith in Jovanovic and Panathinaikos to go through somehow and even if we don't it's already been kind of a successful year to win the Greek Cup and and uh, get a little further ahead and so we'll see I don't know I actually think it, it might work out plus Kubelis is almost a new signing like you said the center back the Icelandic guy is pretty decent I, I actually think Panathinaikos is going to surprise some people I think it's it's, gonna, it's not as bad as people think Alexandropoulos looks even better this year in the friendlies We'll see. We'll see. It might. It might mean nothing, but yeah, we'll see what happens. So Greg, Panathinaikos, how do you think they'll fare? I think. Uh, look, it's they've been a, a team full of energy, and um, 
uh, passion the last few years. And I think now with the now a full season under the belt and, you know, Jovanovic being able to do what he wants to do, I think that you can't write him off at all. And um, I, I'm pretty excited you know, from the from a European perspective. I'm excited to see what they can offer and do that way. But um, to Andoni's point, maybe they can, they can definitely do with another signing or two, especially up front. Um, but once they get that happening, their defence is only going to get stronger now with the new signing. Um, and I think um, I think there's a big chance for Aris and Panathinaikos to um, to turn some heads this year, in, uh, especially in the Greek Super League. Yeah, I believe so too, given the football that Aris played against Gomel was perhaps one of the most entertaining I've seen. And Burgos was a bit of a sceptic. I was a bit sceptical when Burgos was hired by Aris and... Um, Oh, he's completely changed my mind. So, um, I think he's doing a great job so far. So, good good luck to him. All the power. Um, also, to Banathanaikos, at least they've kept a core of players. And they know the system, especially under Jovanovic. And it is great that they also renewed his contract until 2024, um, the Trifoli. So, that's also yeah. great news to hear. And at least they got a goalkeeper as well, Lodigan. Um, another, yeah, another new left back, uh, Christian Ganea, who I thought should have had more time with Aris. I thought he deserved more over there, but given that it's now Panathinaikos will have a big season ahead, he'll, I think he'll be used a lot more often. And I'm already hearing a few good things in the preseason so far with Ganea, so he's already showing some, impress, some impressive displays at the moment for Panathinaikos. So, um, Apo, you've got some thoughts. Yeah, you know what else? I think we have a good chance because Maqueda and Hadji Giovannis aren't on the team anymore. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's right. <laughs> Just the fact that they're not going to be there wasting chances uh, and being selfish, I think we have a good chance. Yeah, so <laughs> if anyone hasn't heard the news, Maqueda and Hadji Giovannis have gone off to Turkey and they'll be playing for Ankara Gochu. Not even that. Do yeah. you want to hear more? Somehow they managed to offload Beck, who... Back, yeah. And Ayub today just got signed for Sparta Rotterdam, and he was making like 300000 a month or something crazy like that, or yeah. a year. I don't know what it was, but some ridiculous, you know, fees. So, yeah. like, you know, Yovanovich is almost a magician. I don't know how he's been able to get rid of these guys. I mean, it's, it's I think you're going to see a lot of good team morale, and anything could happen. I mean, no one's expecting him to go through, so I think that's perfect for Panathinaikos right now. So, yeah. Especially yeah. with the owner we have. So. I think you guys will do fine. And good luck to Panathinaikos. We'll speak about this later on about them. Um, as for that, we wrap up today's episode. We hope um, you all enjoyed it. It's first episode of the season. We're, we're back. Of course we're back. We we're never going to stop. And we will never stop talking about Greek football. So, today we wrap up all the European matches played by the three clubs, Olympiakos, Pauk and Aris. We hope for a better showing next week. And, and that is all. We thank, I thank um, Apo, Andoni and Greg for jumping on today. It's a Saturday. It's Saturday for me and Greg. Andoni and, and Apo are still in Friday mode. So, yeah, yeah <laughs> that is it. So... To everyone, to everyone listening, we hope you all enjoyed it. If you are interested in more Elas Fully content, follow us on 
Follow us our social media pages on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor FM, Google Podcast, and so forth. We are everywhere. So thank you all for today, and we will see you all next week. So catch you all around.